Welcome everyone to the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of the show is for an adult audience of 18 and over. Now here is your host, Jiao Sun. Hi everyone, Jason with you here, Romantic Truth Las Vegas. I hope everybody's doing well. What we're going to discuss today are the three incentives for relationships. If you fundamentally think about it, there are really only three based on the modern era. Now, some of you are thinking, well, what about love? We're going to include love because love is one of the humanistic sides of uh, the incentives. But the three fundamental incentives have to do with finance, status, and sex. Now, let's look at these three. Two of them, the first two, are initiated based on external factors. The only natural thing in here is sex. And with sex, we include love, we include our emotions, we include our feelings. So that's the humanized portion of the incentives for us to want another party. The other two are totally different. Now, under sex, it's a large umbrella. It includes growth, appreciation of being with someone else, the company of that person, the companionship. And the reason why sex is so important here is because that's the closest you could be with a person. Absolute closest you could ever be. The woman wants the man inside her. The man wants to be inside the woman. The union of the one. So let's look at some of the benefits here. When it comes to finance, one of the immediate benefits is the separation of you from others. In other words, where you can kind of discriminate on a level of associating yourselves with certain people monetarily. You cannot afford to live here, so I don't have to worry about you coming into my life at any point around me. The second one is status. That has to do with identity. Notoriety. You know who the hell I am, so to speak. Now with sex, in this context of benefits, gratification, relief, affirmation, well you get the same thing from status to a certain degree, but it's external get the same thing from finance, but it's external. However, gratification for you personally can be conveyed through love and sex, intimacy, call it as you will. The next, control. Now, when it comes to finance, it has to do with persuasion. pay you, you 
do as I choose. When it comes down to status, control, authority, based on titles, based on reputation, based on prominence. When it comes to sex, that control is superiority. Superiority in the sense that this person is mine. Ownership, property. A sense of being where you say, a conquer. Oh, women have this too, not just men. So it's a sense of ownership when it comes to that. He's my man, she's my woman. I'm the only person entitled to this person based on our commitment. Sense of equity. Now, the influences. Well, with finance, you can influence others' behavior and sometimes, sometimes their thoughts, their thinking. With status, you can control a person's self-perception. A person may be an Olympic gold medalist and you may feel as though you haven't accomplished anything. It's about projection. Sex. In the context of influence, exploitation. Now let's look at the sources of this, shall we? The sources. Finance. Of course, that's created by man. We look at status. That's also created by man. We set up the hierarchy as human beings. Not just talking about gender. When it comes down to sex, that's something that's natural that comes from us as people. The other two constructs are developed Because see, there's no need, internal need, for instance, to be financially successful. That's something that we have put it upon ourselves based on our society. The same thing when it comes down to status. Now, there is a component of this that does exist in our natural being. predator versus the prey, correct? But when we take it in a more civilized context, we put it in finance and status. We fear the larger animals in the primal world. You give them what is called self-respect, you hide from them so that they won't consume you. carry on. When we look at some of the components that affect us, control, recognition, 
power of the denial of others. Access to all that's inferior to us. And lastly, distinction. Now what does all of this really mean when it's put in a nutshell? It means that what we're doing is very primal when it comes down to basically pursuing relationships in many contexts. Now, there's a possibility that there are people that are looking for all three of these things, finance, status, and sex, meaning love, intimacy, feelings, those kind of things. There are others that may just be focused on the love and sex aspect of it, and the rest of it fall where it may. Others may focus on status. That's more important than even how much money the person makes as opposed to who they are. A person will, for instance, want to be the first lady, but the president makes about $497,000 a year as opposed to being the wife of the CEO that makes in the hundreds of millions a year. Because the power is far more important than the status than the money. In other cases, it could be where she's driven by finance, the stability, the security, the access, the prominence, the respect, the ability to manipulate, peer down on others, make people comport to your sentiments and your feelings based on your discretion. You will find people that are really looking for control to be more focused on this aspect. Now, as with anything, there's some people that are very good in multiple aspects of life. You see it all the time. People that join the NFL that had an NBA contract and had an NFL contract and was one of a major league baseball. But that's rare, far, and in between, isn't it? Well, the same thing happens with people in general. We have that same type of uh, limitation. And sometimes what happens, we want to knock the ball out of the park in every area. And therefore, we want to go for everything and not realize that there are only certain things that we may be proficient with or good at. And so, you may have a person that's going for a wealthy individual, for instance, for prominent status and all the rest of the good stuff that falls with it, power, influence. And the problem you have is that they may be very proficient at pursuing status and those things, but maybe a lousy person when it comes to a relationship. This is the reason why some women who chase that high value man may be gravely disappointed when it comes down to the quality of the relationship because he may have a focus that's not so inclusive of other things, such as uh, nurturing a relationship he may feel as though, well, I make enough money, that should suffice. You should love me for what I make and what I give you. 
not necessarily what I personally give you, but what I externally give you. So therefore you should be available. Therefore you should answer my call whenever I do. You should be at my disposal. This is the way some people actually believe. Now, with these three, three things, what are we looking at? What's associated with finance? Value. What's associated with status? Control. What's associated with sex? Manipulation. Now, when we think of sex, we're thinking of a guy putting his penis inside of a woman. It's far more than that. Because, see, sex is the ultimate goal for a relationship as far as to consolidate your efforts as a couple. When it comes down to finance, being rich, affluent, is the goal for some people. Status, where people will have to go through you to get things that they need or want. these three things combine in an individual. Some people are very good at these three. Others aren't. And a lot of people sometimes go for one of the three as their sole interest and they may come out okay. Some may go looking for all three and may not find them because they're rare. But what do we do? We fill our heads with these pie-in-the-sky dreams. That we'll find all three. And this kind of keeps us going because in life we have to be very optimistic. Because for the most part, life throws us some curveballs here and there. And it makes us question our judgment, our very being at times. So we look for stability. We look for emotional stability sex, love, intimacy, and a partner. We're looking for stability of status, a sense of control in some capacity. We look for a sense of finance in the sense of avoiding poverty. Avoiding being one of those people. Because we like to point the finger down if we can to others supposed to looking up now one of the other problems that we find in our society in general is that we may start dating someone for whatever reason you usually are looking for someone to share your life with to enjoy your life with you're not looking for something that's really heavy or really so cerebral you're looking just for Someone that you could share your feelings with. And sometimes it's difficult to find. Because you have people that are working on these other two agendas. You fellas have already encountered this. 
The woman that says you're not making enough money. The woman that's always cutting you down. And usually it's people that haven't made it yet that are so discriminatory while people in their same peer group are beneath them. But they will show respect to people they perceive that are doing better than they are, greater than they are. Even though they don't know the facts behind it, their perception is what they're going. This leads a lot of women astray. And this incentivizes men to superficially make themselves appear wealthier than they are, more successful than they are. And it bolsters, in many cases, a sense of false confidence in them. And they can only use the resources that they have at their disposal in order to present themselves in such a way. So the guy in the hood, instead of him wearing a business suit, telling women that he's an executive in a corporation, he may go and get him a flat lid cap, have his hair braided, have his jeans sagging, wearing Jordans and a starter jacket, and present himself as the toughest gangster in his neighborhood. Because that's where he puts his value for the woman that he's trying to attract. And he's trying to attract a woman that has that same perception of value and success. Where both of them would be looked down upon by other people in the strata, social strata. And the complications come in when they may try to breach. See, the good thing about a place like the United States is that you're not limited based on your income and your status as to where you live. In other countries, you are. In other countries, they could ask you, well, what are you doing in this neighborhood? Let me see some identification. Why are you here? Do you have papers to be here? Now, you see a lot of this with many of the TikTok and YouTube cuts where you have the Karens out there that are chastising the African-American woman or man about why are you you don't belong here, you, don't, you, you shouldn't be living here. Because the problem is, mentally, this person thinks they're better than you because of their skin color and because of the way society has treated them. So therefore, because of your skin color alone, you should be inferior, meaning you should be making less money, which means you shouldn't be able to afford to live in these communities. But when you do, it's a threat to them because they're like, well, why am I not climbing up the economic ladder or scale? And this person's caught up with me. I don't want to be on the same social level as this person. What a lot of people fail to realize, there's a degree of alienation at every strata in our society. 
Now, Donald Trump does not want to associate with a Karen that's discriminating against a black man in a condominium complex. The reason why? He wants her vote, but he would never want her because she's beneath him. Even though she thinks, well, we have something in common. We're the same skin color. And we have the same philosophy. So therefore, I should be able to move up to that level. And people on a Donald Trump's level are saying, no, mm -mm, it doesn't work like that. We may be the same in certain areas, but we're vastly different. I'm not going to bring you up to my level. Are you crazy? You can look at the royal family as an example. When Princess Diana married King Charles now, he was prince back then, but when she married him, she was a commoner. He was a royal. And it was a big thing. And this is what you have to understand. That same strata exists in all societies to a large degree. And there are literally people out there who are unhappy because they are discriminating against the very people that would probably be a good match for them because they're still reaching for something that's not reaching back for them. I never forget I had a client when I was in financial services that told me something one day. He was single, young man from the Middle East, and he had moved to New York. And he was talking about how he was looking for an American wife. And he says, I could never marry someone poor. I never experienced poverty myself. So why should I experience it with someone else that has? Classism at its finest. And that's the way you see it. So what happens? People get stuck in certain orbits in our strata, social. And then they become threatened when other people that they thought were less than they were come up. And there's only a handful of people that actually make it. The NFL football player you may climb up a little bit. The person who wins the lottery may climb up a little bit. But the majority of people, they're in the pit. A very high percentage. We have 332 million people in the United States. And as I told you before, in 2022, only over a little bit over 10 million people filed single on their taxes that made over $100,000 a year.
So what does this mean? The majority of people that are multimillionaires or people that are making more than 100000 a year are married. So a lot of you women are wasting your time because you'll never, ever see people within that 10 million category. And those are not all men, by the way. It's about splitting half between men and women. So you'll be looking at about 5 million men. So what you have to do is become more practical and put things in context because you will waste a good portion of your lives trying to go for something and then when you're in your 30s or 40s realizing that it was all for naught. Believe it or not, it's easier to find an attractive woman than it is for a woman to find a wealthy man. Because why? Most of them wealthy men already have women. So the good percentage of men that are out there, they have jobs. And there are some women out there that actually believe that they deserve a man that's wealthy already. And they don't want a man with a job. I got turned down by many women because of that. Oh no, you have a job. I want somebody that's already got they got their shit together and they And I asked them, you have a job? Yeah, but I'm a woman. You have some out there that really believe that. The more practical you are, ladies the more marketable you will be. The more engaging. And I've always told you ladies, work on your personalities. An attitude is not a personality. Trying to act like you're intimidating to a man. Let me tell you the guys you're gonna attract with that. The guys that are just gonna try to fuck you and leave you. Because they just wanna prove a point. That's what you're doing. And so you get angry and angry every time you get with a guy that you like, and then he does that same thing to you over and over. Because he looks at your attitude as a challenge. He doesn't look at you as a person, he looks at you as an object to conquer. Because what are you striking at? You're striking at his insecurity and his self-esteem. And a guy with no self-esteem, well, he's gonna be up for the challenge. To prove a point. And that point, believe it or not, is internal, is for himself. And what these three incentives that are very primal, what they indicate, in many cases, 
is the scope of many relationships. Let's look at in the context of this. A woman is meeting a man. What is she looking for? She's going to ask him what he does for a living, finance, lifestyle that he has, status, such as you living by yourself, you got roommates, etc., etc. Sex is that emotional connection, that chemistry, that bond to see whether you and that guy are getting along. Those are the three things that most women will hit on. Now, for the men, it's the opposite side. Because what he has to do, he has to ensure that he has the job, income. He has to ensure that he has the lifestyle that would attract a woman. The woman that he would desire. And, of course, he has to make sure that he can fall into compliance with the chemistry for the relationship to work. So in this sense, the women make the demands on those three categories, and the man tries to fill those three demands for the women. And of course, Everyone says, you know what? Um, I'm going to cut the cake differently. You cut it any way you want to. It comes out the same way. One of the things that um, is kind of interesting that I've witnessed over the years is how sometimes people will start out in a relationship where they have all of this optimism and these dreams and all of these hopes and aspirations and the two people have just met and they're just soaring in their imagination as to where they're going to be in life. And then they realize after they're together that they're not going to make it to that dream. And this is what they do. They compromise. They adjust. And they both become humble. And they actually become closer. As some of the things that they had aspired to won't come to fruition. And they finally come to the realization that, hey, you know what? We can still make it. We don't need all of that shit. But it takes time to grow, especially if you start young. You're very ambitious. You want to have that lifestyle like they have on the videos and on the movies and everything. And then practicality starts to come in. And you realize their trajectory is not as you had planned it. This is why you have to be flexible in relationships to make that adjustment. 
for the two of you to understand that in order for the relationship to continue, you have to be flexible and able to compromise and able to understand the limitations of the two of you and the relationship itself. See, we're all filled with this hype of you can do anything, you can be anything. It sounds good, but you're still bound by limitations. If we could do anything, if we wanted to fly, we should be able to fly without any sort of assistance, right? Of course, we know that's not the case. And this is what happens. We have to have a grounded view of where we are and where we're going. Because we can be sidetracked. And we have a form of escapism every once in a while in relationships that we have to acknowledge. You know, you're tired of struggling, you're tired of living that life. And you want to do something different. Couples do it all the time. They may spend irresponsibly. They may not be able to afford a trip to Jamaica or somewhere, but they do it for their own mental health, for the integrity of the relationship, because they don't want to be burned out or fatigued. It's understandable. Now, I know that Alaskan air flight where the gentleman had a uh, that was in a jump seat that was getting a ride back. He had a nervous breakdown and wanted to crash the plane. He hadn't slept for 40 hours. This man has four kids and a wife. He's gone beyond his stress level. He's taking mushrooms. The sad thing about it, at that point, if he would have got a hold of those controls in order to shut down the engine of that plane, he wouldn't have cared whether he had lost his wife, his children, or the people on that flight. Because the fatigue, the stress, and all of that overwhelmed him. Especially you men, you need to take some time out. Some of you hold all that shit in. And ladies, let me tell you something. A lot of your husbands and boyfriends don't bring that shit home to you. There have been a many times that me and my friends would go to the bar right after work to decompress. Some of the guys knew they had to make that trip home. They didn't want to argue with their wives and spouses. Didn't want to speak to them. Not because they didn't love them or didn't like them. They had to put up with some shit in the workplace. While making a sacrifice for the family. Ladies, you do it too. You have to deal with sexual harassment discrimination and all the rest of that shit too. 
But here's the difference, though. You have society more on your side than we do. We get called a wuss or a pussy if we acknowledge our mental health issues, our emotional health. We're considered weak. You can cry in public and people will come to you and find out what's wrong. We cry in public, they're going to laugh. There are many men that's crying inside that doesn't want to show it. I had a co-worker one day when I was going into work and he was in his truck leaning over the steering wheel and I stopped and said man you're alright his eyes were bloodshot red in tears he said you know all the overtime I'm working and everything trying to make it for my family and she's talking about I gotta make more money He was busting his ass. But he married an ungrateful person. You see, ladies, a man, when he makes a promise to you and he keeps it, he's willing to sacrifice anything for you. just want to make sure you're damn well worth it. That's the biggest thing with a man. And as long as he feels and sees as though it's worth it, he's going to make that sacrifice. He's not going to bitch to you about it. As long as he feels as though his sacrifice is acknowledged. Take it for granted, or they're going to be problems. I was looking at um, podcasts the other night. This gentleman and his wife was on there, along with the uh, host. It was a knockdown drag out between the wife and the guy. And I hope the host has some uh, insurance. Because I'm sure that he'll need it. What had happened? He had given the wife money for about five months straight, his whole paycheck. They were planning a vacation. And what she was supposed to do was to pay the mortgage with the money that he gave her, save her money that she got from her job. For the vacation. Now his bill, his money covered the mortgage, car payments, insurance, pretty much everything. She was paying the utilities, groceries, and all of that. What he chose to do was, hey, don't worry about the utilities, groceries, or anything. I'm paying for everything for the next five months. So we can put this money away, and that's what we'll go on vacation with. That was the plan. However, what she chose to do. Let's go shopping. And she had stashed shoes, purses, those kind of things at her girlfriend's place that she had purchased. 
because there were sales going on during that time. And she didn't want to tell him that she didn't pay the mortgage or the car payments. And her money was also being spent because she was lending some out to family members. So she went on the podcast in order to explain this to him so that I guess it wouldn't bite so hard. That man was livid. He was beside himself. Voice started quivering. Man wanted to cry. The host handed him Kleenex. And of course, he had to be the man. Only no goddamn Kleenex. He was hurt. The worst thing a man could ever have is a woman where he cannot share his feelings with. Those of you ladies that want to say your piece to the guy and then walk away and not hear his feelings, I'm not talking about arguing, I'm talking about feelings. pulling that bullshit about, oh, you're a man, you need to have a stiff upper lip. You're just like everybody else in society. And let me tell you something. When he meets that woman, that's going to say, talk to me, I'm listening. Don't get mad if she takes your man or he gives himself to her. once another woman has a better understanding of your man than you do, especially emotionally, there's not shit you can do. Nothing. And she's not going to be one of those women that he'll say, oh, she don't mean anything to me. Oh, he'll defend her. He will tell you, okay, you know what? You can leave. You can have everything. Because this woman already knows that if I come to her, I'm going to have nothing because you're going to split everything down the middle and probably take everything else. But she knows what she's getting into. And she's listening to me. And she gives a damn about me something you didn't. Now, the interesting thing that this guy said on the podcast that I thought was pretty cool. It was kind of fucked up, too. He said, when I had the opportunity to be with your best friend, he said, that was the biggest mistake of my life was not taking it. Because she told me about you. Fellas, you have to listen up. 
Sometimes messages come to you in different ways. You don't necessarily have to believe it at face value. But if what someone's told you has now come to fruition in the relationship, where you're experiencing the very same thing, it's time to take the blinders off. It's time to have a reality check. As I told you before, if you find a good person where you have the confidence in the relationship and so does that person and you guys work together and you're functioning together, don't question it, enhance it. And the way you do that is through communication and consideration. Don't leave consideration out of it. You guys will have a stronger bond. And not only do you develop your romantic side of your relationship, develop your friendship also in that marriage and that relationship. It needs nurturing too. Because once you have those things going in tandem, you want to get to the point of where you not only love your person, your, your partner, you like them also. That was one thing I learned from Monica. It got to a point where during a certain time of the day when I'm used to being around her and she wasn't there, the thought of her I miss the scent of her perfume. I never forget that one time I picked up the phone to call her and when I picked it up she was already on the other end calling me. What happens is just like with anything in life if you work on it Practice makes perfect, they would always say that's the way relationships work. And then it gets to a point where you don't have to plan like other things to do outside of the relationship, like you go bowling or whatever. You guys will do it and then when you're back together, you could share the experiences that you had. And you don't have the suspicion of your partner cheating on you or something like that because of the fact that you trust their level of integrity. You fully trust them. It takes a while to get to that point in many relationships. Some of you guys will not make it because you don't have nothing to start with. Others of you got a good shot at it. But you gotta work on it. 
You got to be willing to share your feelings with each other, regardless of what it is. And only the two of you need to know what's going on with it. Family members, friends, and all, and fuck them. If you need help, get a counselor. That's the only third person you need. Somebody who's non-biased. Where the two of you are working to reach each other and trying to make it work. But it takes two people. This thing of you the man is your responsibility. Now, here's what pissed me off in that podcast. And I wish I could have got a clip, but it's copyright. I couldn't touch it. Well, here's the thing. The wife, after revealing all this, asked him, so what's the big deal? And he explained how they had to save up money for the down payment for that house and how they had to go through hell to get that house financed. Because initially, he didn't make enough money to qualify. And they got him approved through another means of financing for the house. And she said, I don't see why it would be so difficult. You're still working. You can get another house if we lose this one. These are the things you're contending with. There's a good possibility there were some red flags along the way that he didn't want to notice. But then again, she could have had the money at her disposal at that particular time and her true colors came out. It's hard to know. That man was seething. And she sat there and chuckled. I remember one time, a coworker of mine, his wife was in the hospital and she was in bad shape. He didn't want to tell us at work how bad her situation was. And he had worked for the company for something like 20, 30 years. And he was not too far from retirement. And of course he tried to put on a joker face one day he just broke down at his desk I mean he was boohooing and we all came around to see what was going on and he said you know if I lose her I don't think I can make it and we all rallied around him took him out that night and then we all went to see his wife. 
the flowers and stuff. Doctor has some good news. He's gonna be discharged in a couple of days. My boss told him, take as much time as you need off. Don't worry about this place. You cover. And he was so worried about letting us down. This man had only missed three days of work out of all those years. When he came back to work, he was the happiest man on the planet. And on this break, he was calling his wife. She meant so much to him. And folks, this is what happens when you have a very good relationship. Yeah, you're going to have tough times. But that partner always has to know you love them. They always have to know that you love them. should be reciprocated. So what are the takeaways here today? Those three things I told you about? The last one is the most important. The finance and the status, that comes along with the person that you choose. Because once you've chosen that person, you guys can adapt to the lifestyle that you want, the status. And as far as the finances, you guys will be able to work it out as to what level you're on. One thing I don't recommend is for you to always look at reaching up all the time. The reason why I'm saying that, if somebody's not reaching down for you, you're wasting your time. Because there are always more people down trying to get up than there are people up trying to pull you up. If you're fortunate enough to get it, kudos to you. Hopefully things will work out for you. But what I'm saying is don't hold your life up for a pipe dream. Don't hold your life up in the hopes of winning the lottery. Hitting it big at a casino jackpot. You gotta live, people. And life doesn't have to be a struggle. You got to look at some of the decisions you make that makes it more complicated where you have to struggle. And some of those decisions that you've made, you may have to look at it and say, okay, this is the result of that decision. But you want to think about it before you make it. That will help you immensely. A lot of times we just go from one crisis to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next without thinking. And before you know it, we overwhelm. Thank you for listening, folks. We'll talk to you on tomorrow. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music. Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer.
Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artist to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.